everyone, welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, Year 2, where this year we're reading through and studying the entire New Testament, one chapter at a time. Thanks again for joining us in discovering God's plan and your part in it. I am excited for today's episode of the podcast because I think we get a chance today to dive into several parables uh, that usually get misunderstood or misinterpreted or outright misused. So I'm looking forward uh, to digging into Matthew 25. Uh, There are three different, I think at least three different stories. There might be another one in there somewhere. Um, But there's a lot of different interpretations on these, and a lot of these are actually just explained right in the text. So I'm excited to dive into this. Yeah, and I think it's worth pointing out, if you remember a couple of days ago, we were talking about how this is like the beginning of the end for Jesus, like the week leading up to his um, conviction, his death, his resurrection. And I think what's really cool about chapter 25 is that all of the emphasis, it's getting closer and closer and closer to the end of their physical time together. All of the emphasis of today's is you better be ready. Mm-hmm. Being ready is like the the common thread of all these parables. And it is cool to me that he is just really driving home this point over and over again. You have to be ready. Don't be idle. Don't waste your time here. Like if you've given, if you've been giving lots of responsibility, um, you need to know that there is um, a lot of expectation. All I can think about is Spider-Man right now. <laughs> great, great power great comes power. great responsibility. Oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway, so that is the common thread that I've seen with these. It, it's interesting. There's so much that comes from reading the Bible in context, one chapter after another, one verse after another. If you notice yesterday when we finished up Matthew 24, Jesus actually made a point of talking about a faithful servant and an unfaithful servant. And the faithful servant did what he was asked to do. And when the master returned unexpectedly, Unexpectedly, he found the faithful servant doing exactly what he was supposed to do. In a sense, that servant was prepared and was trustworthy. And many of these parables that we're going to look at today are all about being prepared and being trustworthy, doing what we've been asked to do, um, even though we don't know when Jesus will return, even though we don't know when judgment will occur, even though we don't know what's happening in our world, Mm -hmm. we are supposed to be faithful and trustworthy with the task that's been set before us. So the first I guess if we can just jump right in, I yeah, think the first it. parable I was telling Ryan before we started this episode is that this is about these these virgins that are waiting for this bridegroom to come. And in the waiting, it becomes like super late and they're like going out to kind of like hang out till he gets there. And they, some of them are prepared or are considered the wise ones and bring this oil along for their lamps. And the others have their lamps, but have not prepared with the oil that is needed in order to wait out this bridegroom. Um, Part of what makes this parable seem really mystical is that it seems like Jesus is telling like this lengthy story and setting up this whole scene. But actually, this was a very common practice when Jesus uh, was around on the earth. So most of the story would have been readily understood by the audience because this is just how the weddings worked. So there was a lot of traveling involved. Um, the groom would actually like go to the bride's house. The bridal party would then leave the bride's house, go back to the groom's house for the celebration. Like this traveling and waiting and being prepared. Very, very common. So I think it can be very common for us today to get this very confused. Yes. But as I read it today, it was like, whoa, this is actually making a lot more sense than it normally or typically has for me in the past. So 
as they're going out, these wise, the wise virgins, they bring their um, oil along with them. And as it just so happens, like throughout the night, the lamps that are burning, the ones who did not bring their oil obviously run out and they're like, hey, like, can you please just share with us? And the ones that came prepared were like, well, no, it's not going to work if I just give you some and I keep the other apart from myself. It's not going to be enough for either of us. Um, And so they're like, why don't you just go back and get what you need? Which is not a lesson on generosity. Like, right. like, like you don't get to read this and be like, and I have the, a really wi- good idea the wise about ones that. didn't give it away. That's how uh-huh. we know they were wise. No, yeah. that's not what's going on. So I'd, actually something had come to me when I was like kind of processing through this. So they go back. They go to get what they need. And in the meantime, this is when the bridegroom comes, takes the ones that are prepared, the five that were prepared, and go into this feast. And the other the other ones that were not prepared come back and they're like knocking at the door like, hey, we're ready. We have our stuff now. And the bridegroom's like, go away. I don't even know you. Yep. Um, and so what's interesting about this, that whole generosity piece that you were just talking about, that is completely not the point. And what kind of got to me was if we're thinking about our faith and if you're walking through your your faith journey right now and you kind of have this idea of, well, I can just like, this was my parents' faith. So like, it just kind of like passes mm-hmm. on to me. Um, this is like a cultural thing for me. Like, it's just a part of what I do. Or even like, I've done a lot of good things. Mm-hmm. I've helped a lot of people. You know, I I give people all good, like good things. I help people with what they need, yada, yada. Those are almost just like this passage's way of saying, don't be lazy in your faith. Mm-hmm. Don't count on someone else to bring you along this journey with God or to have a relationship with God for you. Um, so I kind of said, this just seems kind of like a Hail Mary moment. Like, well, you could just share with us, like whatever you did, like just share it with us and we'll be fine. And they're like, no, like this is in a way, like all metaphorically speaking, this is my relationship with God. I can't just share that with you mm-hmm. and then just like give you like a free pass, if you will. Um, so essentially, bottom line, be prepared. That is what this is talking about. I can't give my children faith that will somehow magically enter them into God's kingdom. I can teach them yeah. and I can like be a good example of them. Like, hey, I'm bringing my oil um, and hopes that they will also take that seriously to be able to grow and trust and learn uh, from God. Uh, unfortunately, our kids are super into watching The Lion King right now. So every time we say be prepared, I can only I hear like Scar. I think it's Scar singing, be prepared. I won't. I'll, yeah. I'll spare you guys. Yeah, I won't please. actually sing it myself, uh, but I did earlier. Uh, <laughs> the The key to this story is actually verse 10. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast. Be prepared. Like that's that's the yeah. thing. Um you don't get to look at this parable and read into like all these weird details that aren't there. So we talked. Um, well, look in- at the last verse, the ver- verse 13. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the yep. hour, period. We talked before about how we don't have the luxury of just making up stuff when a parable is actually interpreted like either later on in the passage or by itself. Like it's very clear what this passage means. You don't get to pretend like the oil represents something. You don't get to pretend like the marriage feast represents something like this is about being prepared and how we are rewarded for being prepared and how it is foolish not to take your responsibilities seriously and meet the task. I think that's interesting too, because I think it does have specific meaning. It does mean yes. something like the marriage feast or the wedding feast does mean something. Well, and yes. like the virgins do mean something, but we can't just not like what it is and, yes, make, something and make something else, else up. up for it. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So we move into the next thing, which is about the parable of the talents, which is really interesting. Uh, basically this master gives out talents, which are actually money. 
uh, to three different guys. The first guy gets a hundred percent return. Like the guy, the, the master goes away. He invests the money. He makes a hundred percent on that money. The next guy, uh, invests the money. He gets a hundred percent on the money. It, it's two different amounts, but it's actually both a hundred percent return. The third guy is afraid of the master and basically buries the money in a hole. And I think the key to this parable is people's relationship and understanding of the master. Didn't want to mess up. Didn't want to make him angry. He was terrified. Or, yeah, yeah. So what I think about when I think about this specific parable is if you've ever been to any kind of like Christmas Eve service and you do candle lighting, this is exactly what it feels like to me because if you are the person at the end of the row, first of all, it's terrifying because you're like, oh shoot, I got to make sure everybody gets this. And I don't want my kids to blow it out along the way. But you have your little candle lit. And like how beautiful is it on Christmas Eve, if you've ever experienced this, when an entire room is just like full of beautiful candlelight. If it were just up to me and I just held that to myself, like how strange would it be if I just kept that candle, didn't do a thing with it, and I really enjoyed it because it was so pretty just for me. Um, but then you like completely entirely missed the whole point. If you are not sharing like the light, if you will, of God with other people, it like completely ruins the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So that is like the visual that comes to my mind in this. Like the first man, he went out, he had five and he like made that five over again. The next one had two, made that two over again. And when it came to it, this poor goofy little guy at the end is like, oh, let me just go dig it out of the ground thing that I didn't share with anybody. Um, so that was helpful for me to think about. Um, we should note, actually, that this is part of what's known as the Olivet Discourse. This is like the last lengthy sermon of Jesus, and he is preparing his audience for his death and his resurrection and his ascension into heaven. You've already alluded to that, Jenny. Mm -hmm. um, but that's why all these themes are about being prepared. So, again, the the thing that's going on here is the with the parable of the talents, it's like, be faithful with what has been given to you and reproduce what has been given to mm -hmm. you. And remember that our relationship with our father is not one of fear because it, it it's like it is a blessing to be able to serve him and reproduce what he has asked us to reproduce. Mm -hmm. He's not a vengeful father. He's not a, a terrible uh, God that hates us. He's a God that loves us, prepares us and cares for us. And so it is a joy to serve him. And so we don't want to fall into this. And I think a lot of people do. Like a lot of people think that God is vengeful because he, he judges people. Well, there's, times, there's judgment in these passages. How many times have you ever heard of like you, especially you have some stories of people that think that they have just like ruined their relationship yes. with God because of something that they did. And they're like afraid to like, I don't know, share their life with other people because they're so shameful of what they think they did mm -hmm. wrong. I mean, yeah. obviously there are wrongs, but it's like God doesn't just like hold you under that. Right. And God is merciful. He's long suffering. He's gracious. He has forgiveness for us. But we must be faithful uh, with the task that he has asked us to complete. And that's what we see here in the story. And now the, the final one, I think this gets twisted all the time. You have to read this for yourself. Listen to me, seriously. Go and read um, verse 31 to verse 46 on your own. Get an actual Bible and read it and pay attention to the words. Because this term, the least of these, it gets used all the time. And if you actually focus on the words of this passage and what's being taught in this passage, you will notice uh, that this passage gets taken out of context and used to teach something that is not true over and over and over. And I think a lot of times by accident. I don't think it's mm -hmm. intentional. Um, I think it's by accident because a lot of people already believe they know what this means and they're wrong.
Well, I actually had that same feeling after we read it. I was like, well, wait a minute. Like, I have family that is um, extremely loving, caring, generous with the things that they have, um, but definitely hate the church and hate God, Mm -hmm. like 100% -hmm. full out. And I'm like, well, how does someone, how do I read that knowing that family that I have genuinely hates Christians and God? But we'll bend over backwards to give people clothes, give people food to eat, give people water, visit people in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, How does that pan out? And that was kind of confusing for me. Like, wait, what is that? How does this work? Okay, so just so you understand the passage, again, you're going to read it for yourself. But this is about judgment and Jesus lining up sheep on one side and goats on the other. One side makes it. One side doesn't. One side is entering into the kingdom of heaven. One side is entering into judgment and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Not great. Okay. Um, the the separating factor appears to be uh, those who cared for the least of these, my brothers. If you look at verse 40, it says, And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers. You did it to me. So the, the, the issue here is that both people, both groups, have openly been serving and caring and helping and being generous. But the the dividing line is that when they did it for one of the least of these, my brothers, they did it to me. Jesus is saying, when you serve other believers, when you serve the disciples and care for the disciples, when you serve for the least of the Christian brothers and sisters, you are caring for Christ himself. So this is not a blanket call for generosity. Now, keep in mind, we are called to be generous. We are called to be generous, like even towards people who are not believers, But if you think this is a passage about just generosity, just being nice, you would believe that salvation is tied to just being nice. And if you teach that this passage is teaching just, you know, open generosity, which again is a good thing. Don't misunderstand me. Um, But if you teach that that is the deciding factor of making it versus not making it, you are teaching a works-based salvation. And we know that salvation is available only in Christ, only by faith does salvation occur, faith in Jesus. And so here what's happening is Jesus is recognizing those who have been faithful in serving the brothers and sisters in Christ, the Christian community, and he's separating those who have been faithful from those who have not. So it's actually kind of interesting, too, thinking back to my original thought of how can this happen or how can this be based on what we just read? How can someone who hates hates God enter into God's kingdom if you actually like how does that how does that even work it doesn't if you hate God no matter how generous you are you're Mm -hmm, not gonna mm -hmm, make it mm -hmm. you're gonna come under judgment I think another thing I noticed reading this again because we read this recently um, I noticed that what's shocking about the second group the goats who come under judgment they don't even know who these people are or who they were supposed to be serving. It Mm -hmm. seems like, and this might be extra credit, I guess, it seems like they're willing to be generous, they're willing to be kind, but they actually have no idea who the family is, who the people are, who they should be serving. And I think that goes in line with people who hate Christians, people who are against God cannot by their generosity enter into relationship with God. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. You have you can only enter into relationship through faith. So sum it up, what would be a good year part for today's, today's I think reading? overwhelmingly this passage is about being uh prepared and being faithful to the task. We do not know 
when the end of our own lives will be. We do not know what the future holds for us. We do not know when Christ will return. We have to be prepared and we have to be faithful. And we're faithful um, by being obedient to the task that Christ has given us. The task is to care for the Christian church, show compassion for the Christian church. Yes, continue to be generous to all people, um, but continue to be faithful to Christian believers uh, and not hoard it for ourselves to share it with the world. We want the kingdom of Christ to grow and we want his name to be lifted up. So that's the, your part, like be faithful with the talents that God has given you, uh, be faithful with the resources that God has given you, serve him well and build his kingdom. And then you will be found faithful and prepared. So thanks for joining us today for chapter 25. We'll see you guys back again tomorrow. Thanks for joining today's episode of God's Plan, Your Part. As always, please consider partnering with us as we are a listener-supported podcast that we hope to continue to grow with support from listeners just like you. We've made it super easy to partner with us, and you can support us by following the link in our show notes or our description. You can support us with as little as $3 a month. Every little bit of this helps so much, and we're so thankful for your support. With that in mind... Here's today's reading. Matthew chapter 25. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will be not enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. For it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had two talents made the two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he who had also two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered me two talents. Here I have made my two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But the master answered him, 
you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness, and in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep in his right, but the goats will go to his left. Then the king will say to those at his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of God's Plan, Your Part. Don't forget, you can find us on just about every social media platform and YouTube. Let us know what you thought of today's episode, and if you have any questions, go ahead and post them there. You can also reach out to us directly at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. As always, if you don't have a Bible, or if you'd like to use the one that we use, uh, reach out to us via email, and we'll be happy to send one to you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you again tomorrow.